Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, I am like end of the week tired and it's not the end of the week yet and that's a problem. That's like driving when your tank is on empty, just waiting for a gas station to come up. I, you know what? This whole month is like, has been, sorry if like you had a special event this month. Like, it's fucking sucked. Like, I just, you know what? I'm excited for May. Bring on May. Because it's just like, I feel like this whole month has been exhausting. <laughs> or is it just, is it just us? Are we alone here? I, I was, I was yesterday. I did a 49 minute podcast alone. I don't even know who the I, fuck I was yeah, talking I, to. <laughs> if you miss well, was, yesterday's, was, it's not very good. Don't I, go back and listen. Was, Skip yesterday. I was there for what happened after I left. I was there for what? Like 10, 10 minutes? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about a whole bunch of things, and I've got an update to one of the stories that I talked about. Okay. This was after you left, so I'm going to play it for you in case you missed it. Dr. Anthony Fauci was on PBS, and it's kind of funny. Do you remember how here in Ontario, all the COVID-0 folks loved Dr. Kieran Moore? Dr. Kieran Moore was the savior, and he was going to do things properly, and he was a no-fucking-around kind of guy. And then they all turned on him, Mm -hmm. and now I don't even know if he's any more popular than Doug Ford himself. Like, the COVID-0 folks fucking hate Dr. Moore. Right. Dr. Fauci, though, has always been sort of down the middle. People who don't like the restrictions didn't like Fauci. People who do like the restrictions wished he would have went further, but they appreciated that he took it seriously. Well, then yesterday, he jumped off the ship, too. This is what he said. Dr. Fauci, let me broaden this out and ask you, here we are. It's the end of April. It's the spring of 2022. How close are we to the end of this pandemic? Well, that's an unanswerable question for the following reason. And and I don't want to be evasive about it, but let me tell you why I'm giving you that answer, Judy. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Namely, we don't have 900,000 new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now. So if you're saying, are we out of the pandemic phase in this country? We are. That was Dr. Anthony Fauci on PBS. No more pandemic, everybody. It's gone. Well, this is the thing, right? The COVID zero folks, the ones who are afraid, they're flipping out. How dare that dumb son of a bitch not follow the science? They're freaking out Mm -hmm. and they want him fired and everything. And it's amazing how quickly they turn. This guy's been a savior for them for two years. He does one interview and they want him fired. Now, because of that, he's had to walk it back and clarify what he meant. Although this shouldn't require clarification. I mean, I understood what he meant. Out of the pandemic phase, it's very simple. We're not in the emergency situation we were. Is there still COVID? Yeah. He even said there's COVID. It's out there. Of course, it's still spreading. That's the way it is. But we don't have overrun hospitals. There's no reason to think that we're going to, with this variant being so mild, for the most part, we're out of it. Mm -hmm. And and the COVID zero folks just don't want to hear it. So here's what he said. I indicated that the pandemic phase was over. To clarify, the U.S. is in more of a controlled phase, keeping COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations manageable while learning to live with what's still a mutating and unpredictable virus. That's it. That's it. I don't know why people have to (laughs) freak out and flip out over that. I mean, I understand maybe doing that job, he he needs to be more specific for the people that don't seem to understand what he means. But in hearing that initial clip you played, I actually fully understood it as that. Yeah, we're we're out of that like heavy duty phase. 
We know COVID's here. We know that. And unfortunately, yes, there are still people that have um, a, a tough time with COVID that are in the ICU, that have been in the ICU. But for the most part, we're out of that heavy pandemic st- stage. It's like, why can't people just be reasonable? Why can't people be reasonable? Maybe that's the question, right? Because they want it to keep going. Oh, they yeah. like this shit. What they like that? governments telling them what to do. They like other people being told what to do. They're just in it for other reasons, and it's frustrating. I do want to mention this before I move on to Marco fucking Mendicino, (laughs) one of our... Don't even get me started. Uh, We'd heard the other day that U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris tested positive for COVID-19, and it was fine. Don't worry about it. She's good. She's, like, basically symptom-free. Turns out that may have been a little premature. She had just gotten back from a week-long trip to California, And her press secretary said on a PCR test and a rapid test, the vice president has tested positive for COVID-19. No symptoms. She's good. Well, that vice president, who is fully vaccinated and double boosted, said that double boosted, though. She said both. She said uh, now they're confirming that she's on Paxlovid. They put her on the drug for high risk. To prevent hospitalization. So I don't know if she's more sick than they let on or if she just took a crazy turn for the worse in like six hours between when they said she was symptom free and when she started Paxlovid. Or maybe it's just because she's their one and only vice president and the first woman to be there. And they're out of an abundance of caution putting her on it. I could see that. I could see an abundance of caution that being the scenario. Uh, Either way, we hope she's fine. I'm not a huge fan of Kamala, but uh, either way, she is the vice president and yeah, they should take care of her. So good on her. I hope she gets the treatment she needs and that she makes a full recovery. Marco Mendicino is the guy who was out there mainly spokespersoning for the government when they declared the Emergencies Act. And before they get to this public inquiry that they've called, they have uh, begun the parliamentary hearings on it. And it's very evasive. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, The justice minister, Lametti, he invoked cabinet confidence multiple times during his testimony. Well, Marco was giving his testimony and he got called out in the middle of it. Listen to this. Um, When um, people who live in apartment buildings uh, find that their front doors are locked and that fires are set uh, in the hallways and corridors. Point of order, Um, It is. That statement right there has been proven false by the Ottawa Police Service, and there is no connection to the protesters whatsoever, and for this minister to suggest that yeah. is absolutely unacceptable of this committee. Um, when um, people... <laughs> feedback much, too. You get that? Oh, you know ah. what? Two years of this shit, and they still haven't figured out the feedback. <laughs> you can't figure it you know, out. You guys are fucking incompetent up there in Ottawa. <laughs> it's just embarrassing at this point. But it's true. He's still repeating shit that the R- sorry, not the RCMP, the Ottawa police said weeks ago. That's not true. It never actually happened. But they're still doing it. This is that whole, if you say it long enough and loud enough and repeat it, eventually people will believe it. They're still perpetrating a lie. Right. This is public testimony and it's still going. It's crazy. Oh, I do want to play one more thing for you and then we're going to move on. Joe Biden is just... When he does a news conference, he's okay for the most part. Every now and again, he reads things wrong. Did you see the other day when he called Gary Bettman, Gary Batman? (laughs) No, but that would be a badass name. He was doing a news conference talking about teachers the other day. 
And he made another comment. It was off script and people are trying to figure out how to interpret this. And you have young kids. So I'm curious to know what you think of what President Joe Biden said yesterday. You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. I think a lot of parents would beg to differ. No, they're still not your kids. You're teaching them. They're not your kids. Well, I mean, I mean, to an extent, of course, like actually think uh, logically speaking, I suppose. Yeah, of course, that's that's the fact. But I know I know a lot of uh, people who have children in their class. They get very, very attached to and feel like they are like a figure of some kind. It all depends. It doesn't happen very often, though. Like it's a very rare occurrence when someone can tell you that they feel like a father figure or a mother figure to a student in their class. I think probably the reason that so many people are upset about that is because you tend to deal with your own kids in a different way than you would deal with other people's kids. If they're other people's kids, there's certain rules, right? Like you would never uh, spank somebody else's kid, but you might give a little spank into your own kid or whatever. They don't want these lines blurred. They don't want there to be any gray area there. They want it to be perfectly well known. You're there to teach. You're not, they're not your kids. So some people took issue with that. I personally don't care one way or the I, other, uh, but I understand where those parents are coming from. And no, don't suggest that because that's not the case. Can I say it depends on the age group? It depends on the age of the kids. Like, what are we talking about? Young kids? Because I can give you an example of how, like, I love the, the teachers that were there for my daughter in um, daycare, for example. Early childhood educators. They're fantastic. And usually they do have to, in, a, in one way or another, be there and be the empathetic person. Sometimes they give cuddles and snuggles. And it's almost like they are, uh, in a way, a member of the family. Because... I, I saw that happening like with my own daughter. You, you're with them for long periods of time every single day and you hope that you're there's someone there that's bonding with your child. I think that that's a lovely thought. I like that, you know, when we go visit now, they look at my older daughter and they're like, I miss you so much because she's in school now. Like, I miss you so much. And it's like a beautiful reunion. So having those kinds of relationships, I'm OK with. If you're talking about like the sixth grade, like having them having conversations with them that you shouldn't be and crossing boundaries, that's totally different to me. In that case, yeah, you got to separate that. Sure. But I think when you're a little bit younger, sometimes it's needed. We're going to talk cars. We're going to talk emojis. We're going to talk about your mom. And we're going to talk about technology. All coming up on this episode of After Nine. First, let's talk about money. New report from RBC Economics estimates the lowest income Canadians are going to be spending the largest share of their earnings Due to inflation, mm. RBC is looking at inflation and they're looking at rising interest rates. They say the Bank of Canada trying to get us back as quickly as possible to 2% interest is going to hike the average household debt payments by nearly $2,000 or 15% next year. The central bank has set its key interest rate to 1%, but they've warned more hikes are coming and soon. Uh, this goes back to what we were talking about the other day. Tiff Macklem and the Bank of Canada. Tiff. They're so out of touch with what regular middle class and lower class Canadians are struggling with. And I don't think he gets it. I don't think this guy and any of the other people around him have had to struggle to. Yeah. Put food on the table or oh. pay the hydro bill. Which one are we going to do this month? Bingo. And whether you are the head of something or not, uh, like an average person, uh, actually, sorry, I should say uh, the average wealthy person wouldn't understand that either. 
it's it's a struggle for a lot of families and hearing stuff like that is just so disappointing because I know how hard it is for some families right now some people never mind families there's people who are single trying to make ends meet right now for themselves so it doesn't matter like no matter who you are you shouldn't have to be struggling so much and to hear stuff like that is just going to make things worse it's not better we uh are hearing more and more from Pablo Rodriguez Maybe you're not familiar with who that is. Believe it or not, he's our heritage minister here in Canada. Hello. And he's the one who's leading the charge to regulate and censor the internet. Well, a key part of this is Meta, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> and and Minister Rodriguez here says that they met with Meta before they proposed this bill and they worked it all out with them. And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to make companies like Facebook and Twitter pay to have the content that they have posted on their site. And that money, in theory, should go to traditional news media. Think of it this way, charging Facebook to subsidize the Toronto Star. Because so many people are not interested in the Toronto Star anymore or reading news in that format, they're going digital for it. They want to go and charge the social media companies, the web companies, for that and try and bail out these newspapers and traditional media. A lot of people have a problem with it because it would create serious censorship. And as we're seeing in real time explode, the discussion over censoring anything online is happening Mm -hmm. because Elon Musk took over Twitter. So Facebook apparently is considering just plain pulling out. You won't be able to post anything like that on social media. Then they don't have to pay anything. And frankly, I don't blame them. Now, the minister seems confused that Facebook is now all of a sudden opposed to this bill. I don't think they were ever in support of the bill. I don't think that they understood fully what was going on here or what the government was trying to do. But for those who are opposed to, and this should be everybody, the government censoring what we do and don't see online, controlling what we do and don't post online, this is a good step. When a company as big as Meta comes out and says, yeah, we want to rethink this because their testimony on it at the uh, committee hearing wasn't great over this draft legislation. (laughs) Meta says, if anyone's brainwashing anyone around here, it's us, okay? I don't... Well, actually, I think I do know why, but it's kind of ridiculous that we're even contemplating censoring the internet. And and I'm not talking about censoring out hate speech and stuff like that. I mean actual control over what you post, what you're allowed to post, what you're not allowed to post. That sort of thing is uh, a real slippery slope, Mm. but the government is hell-bent on it twice now. They've introduced this bill and they say, oh, we need it. New census data came out, Kat. This country's getting fucking old. Really old. This country is getting old. It really is. When you uh, look at it, the amount of people over 85 is going to triple in the next few years. It's going to triple. The amount of people that are going to be retiring in the next five to 10 years is astronomical. And they're worried. Oh, man, this is going to have a massive impact on the labor force. We won't have enough workers. And while that is partially true, guess who the biggest generation is going to be in Canada in a very short amount of time? Millennials. Millennials will rule the roost. We're here to stay, bitches. The, you're an elder millennial, though. You're on the older side of millennial. There's uh, y- young millennials that are... Uh, 
there's a proposal that we should split millennial up into two generations because there's some people that feel the older millennials are actually closer to Gen X than millennial level. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I do. It's funny. At a certain point, I felt like I didn't want to be associated with millennials. But now I the more that we the time got time goes on. I'm like, yeah, I'm absolutely a millennial. Hmm. Like every single thing about it is is me. So I don't necessarily believe that I I don't know. Well, who's the oldest millennial? Like, what age, what's the age cutoff? Like, you would age-wise? Be the, you'd be in the top two years of millennial. Top two? Yep. Really? You're, like, right at the top of millennial. What is the number, though? It's, I believe... Isn't it to, like, 40? Or am I wrong there? No, it's just under I'm, 40. I think it's 39. If you're 39 now, you're a millennial. Then I'm three years by... No, four years. Four years, by the way. Don't fucking age me. Um, you age me every goddamn day. <laughs> every day. Elder Gen Xer. Uh, no, I, I think that it, that doesn't, by the way, that doesn't surprise me. What the point of the whole thing is that millen- there's many more millennials. Okay, fine. But doesn't that always change? Like how come, and why, where's the Gen X? Gen X was actually it a smaller cohort. Disappeared. It's not that it disappeared. <laughs> it was just low birth rates and low immigration rates gotcha. during those years. Interesting. Interesting. One of the other things that came out of the census data that I found interesting was the makeup of where we're living. We're having a great discussion in this country right now about how to make housing more affordable. 53% of Canada's housing supply last year were single detached homes. It's down from 54% in the last census, but 53%, the vast majority, are single detached homes. StatsCan says apartment buildings with more than five stories made up 10.7% of housing stock last year. That's up from under 10% five years earlier. Smaller apartment buildings, up to 18.3%. And housing experts attributed the shift to consumer preference, lack of space in popular downtown cores, and housing prices, which are soaring beyond many people's budgets. Yeah, there's a lot of people renting right now because they can't afford to buy. There's a lot of people who are in an apartment, not because they like apartment lifestyle or condo lifestyle. It's just all they can afford. We have an affordability problem here. And the StatsCan survey that came out, the census, it shows it. It shows that we have a serious lack of supply. Half the country are single detached homes. Can half the country afford one of those? I don't think so. Mm. Not at the prices they're going for these uh, days. Of course not. I was reading uh, something interesting too for those who who do find like the the amount of money that they have like to actually spend on stuff they want to, right? So you go through all of the the stuff you need to spend money on, including rent, including groceries, like to live basically. The amount of money, it's getting smaller and smaller for stuff just because you want it. And they say now is the time to actually ask for a raise. This is a prime time right now to ask for that raise. I believe that. Everybody knows where inflation is headed and where we're already at, plus where inflation is headed. This is the time to get those sympathetic points from your employer. And not in a manipulative way, but quite frankly, this is the time. Look, we all know what's going on. Here's the, the gap is getting shorter and shorter on stuff that I can even afford to buy. This is my chance to prove, my, well, A, you should prove yourself at work to make sh- before you even ask, make sure that you're even eligible for a potential raise. But now they say is the time to do it. Do you want to do it? We can Let's mar- go in guns a blazing. We can go march our Give ass me- down the hall. <laughs> Listen here, John Global. We're either coming out with a raise or we're coming out with uh, summer off. <laughs> so I, I don't see a downside to trying that. It's I- interesting, <laughs> though. We, do you think the Ontario Green Party is ever going to be able to have any traction? 
because I like the Green Party. I really do. And Mike Schreiner seems like a fairly level-headed guy. Mm -hmm. The Ontario Green Party has finally got somebody in the legislature. Federally, there's some Greens elected, but I don't know if they're ever going to be taken seriously as a mainstream party. But they have a proposal. They say that if they're elected government... They're in a great position, right? They could promise anything. They could promise, you know what? To solve the problems of the country, everyone's getting a million dollars. Because the odds of them getting elected are so slim that they're never actually going to have to do it. But they do have a proposal. It's on the table. They say that if they're elected in June, they're proposing a big tax on new home purchases by domestic or corporate buyers that already own two or more properties. Meaning, hmm. if you've got your your primary residence and you've got uh, maybe a cottage, thinking about buying a rental property, no fucking way, sir. No way. You're not doing it. I don't know why that that's the problem. I don't know why Canadians that own multiple properties are the, the uh, persona non grata all of a sudden. Tax those fuckers and own multiple places. In a lot of cases, they're creating rental properties. We can talk about maybe how much they charge or their business practices, mm-hmm. but I don't know why it would ever be a bad thing to want to own more property. It's not like you buy these houses and just board them up yeah. and don't let anybody live in them. They want people living in them. Yeah, and I think that we're just going off of the, or this is just going off the assumption that they have a lot of extra cash. They've made a lot of money. They have the money. This is what we're going to do. But that's not necessarily true. It's an assumption. It's an assumption. I mean, you don't need a whole hell of a lot of money, or you didn't until recently, to get that extra property. If you could afford a down payment and you've got somebody that wants to rent, they're paying your mortgage for you. It doesn't cost you anything extra Mm -hmm. other than that down payment. In some cases, people go in on it with a friend or with a buddy or a coworker. I don't know why we automatically assume that because somebody has more than one property, they're rich and they deserve to be taxed. Uh, One of the things that's probably going to come out in today's provincial budget, it's been leaked like crazy, is that the Ford government's going to cut taxes. We're going to cut taxes for everybody who makes under $50,000 a year. Okay. Um, I guess this isn't a popular thing to say, but I'm just going to say it. Yeah, they probably do deserve to pay less in tax, but they yeah. also pay less tax. You know who else needs a tax break? People who make over 50000 People who make under 150000 arguably, deserve a tax cut. I don't know why it's so arbitrary to just up to 50000 you need help. Everybody else, you're fine. I don't think so. That's not the reality on the ground. And if money's no object in this election, and it clearly isn't, we're spending money like crazy. Why wouldn't we just go a little further and put those tax cuts where they're actually needed? I always feel bad for the people that like just missed that mark that are making 55, for example. Like, nope, sorry. Nope. You're going to make no. You know, but I'm, you know, and you could say that person could say, I'm still struggling. I'm struggling as much as the person who makes 50 that's getting a tax break. How, like, where do you, I understand you have to draw the line somewhere in this, whatever this is. Is this considered a platform? I don't know. This is part of his platform. Okay. So in this platform, where do you actually draw the line? It's a difficult thing. But I, I just feel like there's, I'm not saying I know what the better way is, but I feel like there's got to be a better way so that we can help people who actually need it. I feel like it too. And, and don't assume that just because somebody makes over $50,000 a year, they're fine. That's not the yeah. case. That's not reality. No. And they could use a hand too. I don't even know where we would draw the line. What is it? Where would Over 200000 yeah. a year, you're good. Over 150000 over 100000 I have friends that are making over 100000 in the education system and broadcast and more. It's not easy. 
If you've got a detached home yeah. and uh, two cars, yeah, like most families yeah, do, yeah. that's, a, that's a tall order. There's a lot of things to pay for. Absolutely. Life is expensive. This is an expensive province to live in, yes, too. Yes, it is. So yes, if they could is. figure out a way to cut taxes for more people, that would be fantastic. Either way, the budget is going to come down today, and it's all bullshit. This is a budget that they're going to release, and then they're just going to dissolve parliament. See ya, bitches. we got to call the election campaign now. It's absolute nonsense. This is a, a free infomercial to promote their platform. And then they're going to say, now, yeah, if you want it, you got to vote for us. Right. It's crazy that this is happening. So they're off for like a month basically after this to parade around the province. Yeah. All of them. Oh, That's we're going to go yeah. knock on doors. Very seldom do they actually knock on doors, by the way. They get volunteers to do that. No, or representatives of some form for them. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. As of today, we are 10 days away from Mother's Day. Okay. What do you want, Kat? What do you want? What What do you want under the Mom's Day tree this year? You know what? I'm happy with anything, and I truly do mean that. I don't, you know, like, I don't care. My kids, I know, will have some form of creative artwork for me that they... <laughs> <laughs> that everybody inevitably makes in school and daycare settings. And that's cool. I really like that. Just sentiments, knowing I'm appreciated, which is thankfully for me, like every day, which is lovely. So for Mother's Day, I don't really expect much. Um, yeah, I would say like honestly anything. And I truly mean that. Homemade gifts apparently is yeah. the number one thing that moms yeah, want this I year. I love that shit. That's great. Do you actually though? Yeah, or mean, do you think this is shit? Like I'm going to well, throw this out when they go to bed. <laughs> Here's the thing. It all depends on what it is. But what I've actually started doing is because well, how do you keep all the stuff, right? Mother's Day or whatever the occasion, the Easter stuff, like they send home stuff all the time. And I've started to actually just take pictures of some of it. So some of it I keep, but you can't keep everything. So I just started taking pictures of it. And so there's a file folder in my Google photos. So at least I can look back on the artwork. So uh -huh. yeah, I mean, that could be one of those things I take a picture of and I look back on. Maybe it's something I keep. It, it depends how good it is. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> right? let's, let's be honest here. Yeah. Let's, li listen here, kids. I know you think, oh, it's Mother's Day. I'm going to make this thing with my teacher and it's going to be great. Mom's going to love it. Kids, mom's not going to love it. If it's shit, it's shit. And you need to know that it's no, not good. That don't say she's not going to love it. She'll still she'll still like it. It doesn't mean she's going to hang it up or, you know, put it on display for everyone to see or post it on her socials. But you'll love it. Okay. I, as a dad, have thought this. And I love my kids to the moon and back. They've made some pretty shitty things for Father's Day over the years. <laughs> yeah. And I think to myself, what am I going to do with this? And, you know, I got sick of it one year saying, oh, this is amazing. I love it. It's exactly what I wanted. And I'm not going to be harsh about it, but I'm not going to lie about it either. Mm, thanks. Good try. Oh, good try. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the worst. But... After that, they started trying harder. You know what I think, though, is so I'll give you an example from my dad that I mean, he still keeps to this day. And I keep telling him, throw that thing out, but he'll keep it in high school um, art class. We made these like ceramic creations. You can make anything you want. So I made something for my dad and my dad plays a guitar. So I made him this little ceramic like thing in the shape of a guitar. Scott, it's not good. Yeah. Like see? it's wonky. It's it's a wonky guitar. You know, if they were playing guitar in Wonkyville, this is the guitar they'd use. It's a little crooked. It's got chips in it. I had painted it. It's not great. He still has it today because I feel like he feels obligated to keep it. He's like, no, I put my guitar picks in there. It's fine. I'm like, no, you don't want to, though. Like, you don't want to. It's okay. No, no. So I think there's also this, like, weird feeling of obligation towards things. But even kids know some as they get older. They don't know when they're little. They don't know they, they're not good artists when they're little. But that's the irony of it all. Yeah. When the kids get older, they're going to look back and say, ooh. 
That's ugly. Why'd you keep that all That's these years? Terrible. But it's also fun to look back on it. And you, what you do is do what my parents did and give a lot of it back to me. Like oh, here's yeah. here's here's all the shit yeah. you made in school. You throw yeah. it out. <laughs> I'm too. That's the thing, right? Because you feel guilty throwing everything out. My parents did that to me when we moved into our first house together. My me and my husband. They came over with like two file boxes full of my shit, report cards, uh, art, uh, you name it. They got rid of it. Like, here's your life in two boxes. Take it. It's yours. That way they didn't feel guilty if they threw it all out. I don't think it's yeah, a bad blame, idea. I and think I don't blame great, them. I'll probably do that too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. The box of shit. Here you go. You can have it back. <laughs> do I just set it on fire or do I actually look through it? Like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Uh, the third thing that mom wants, sorry, second thing mom wants is a personalized gift. Sure. Three, chocolate, fruit arrangements, or other edible gifts. Gift card or gift certificate I, is number four. Gift cards are great. Five was flowers. Yeah, some moms love them. Some moms don't yeah. like them at all. You usually know. You usually know, right? You have a good indication. Six, getting to the point here. Mom wants some jewelry. Ooh. By jewelry, do you mean like good jewelry or do you mean like another fucking Pandora charm or something like that? It depends on what you, again, it depends on what she likes. You should know. Electronics at number seven. Household gifts at number eight. Nine was clothing or shoes. Ten, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getaway or vacation. Oh yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know if I believe this or if I believe that mom's just trying to temper expectations. Oh, you know, just make me something, but I'd really like the jewelry. You know, I, I don't know. You say mom wants something homemade. All right, we can make something for mom. I just don't know if that's what she really, really wants. What about when you're our age? What do you get for mom? You can't just make something for her at our oh, age. Oh, for mom, I know. For me, it's uh, usually going to be a, a gift certificate or uh, an experience with me. So usually uh, manicure, pedicure, that kind of thing, right? Uh, but I'm I'm her daughter, right? So for you, it'd be more like, hey, here's a spa gift card. Like that's, you know what? And spa gift card, I know it's very stereotypical, like go-to, but it can be good. Same with gift cards. As long as they, they know they like shopping, they'll like it. Trust me. It's not lazy. Some people just automatically assume like a gift card of some kind is lazy. Don't worry about that. No, 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 no. Because if you've got a mom in your life who likes shopping, like me, I'd love a gift card. Give me a gift card. I'll spend that afternoon shopping. You know what's missing on that list for me, though? What? Unless this is just a list of physical items. Is that it? A little present from dad? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Because dad loves a little present from mom on Father's Day. I was thinking of literally the opposite. Oh. Time alone. Oh. Time. Give me some time. Sorry, we can't afford that. Yeah. (laughs) We need the moms. (laughs) That's right. Right, moms? Right, moms? Just And not a lot. Look, not not even a full day. Give me a... Hey, we are sending you out to go see this movie or whatever. I don't even know. Go enjoy yourself. If there's a mom that's, I mean, that's to moms who are constantly busy with their children. There are some moms who want to spend time with their children because they never get to see them, right? Everybody's different. What goes through your mind when the check engine light goes off in your car? Holy fuck. See, that's my first instinct too. But then my second one is, how much is this going to cost? Or what now? What is it now? Now what? Oh, come on. New report says the average cost of a repair when that check engine light comes on, $393 last year. Yeah, I would say minimum, right? That's average? That's average. Wow. I, I think it would be, I would think the average would be higher than that. The okay. Mo- the cheapest thing it's going to be, they say, is a gas cap issue. If it's a gas cap issue, they say that'll cost between $25 and $50 to repair. Mm-hmm. On the high end of things, it's likely going to be 
your catalytic converter. That's actually the number one thing that causes a check engine light to go off. That's also the most expensive one at $1,300. That's one of those situations where you have to ask yourself, is this vehicle worth it? Like, right? At a certain point, you have to, like, you have an older car. You've managed to keep it alive for a long time. Good Mm -hmm. for you. But is there a certain point, like a number, where you would go, okay, if I have to change the catalytic converter at 1300 and change in taxes and things, I'm sure, is it worth it? Yes and no. Because if it's going to be a fatal thing to not fix, if it's inevitably going to lead to the demise of the car, I have to factor in a lot of things. Like, if I repair it, does it increase the value of the car? Is the repair going to cost... Incre- nothing increases the value of cars. No, you're right. That's a silly thing to say. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> so, I mean, is it going to be worth it? Or is this a good time to even buy a new car? I don't know why right. anyone's buying a new car right now with such an obnoxious push to get everybody into electric vehicles like right away to try and catch up to Justin's climate targets. I don't know if this is a good time to buy because I feel like they're going to incentivize yeah. buying electric cars much more and more aggressively over the next few months if you're thinking about buying a car i don't know that this is the time to do it i I would probably hold off for a couple of months i'm thinking that once we get into a new political cycle in the fall there's probably going to be a lot more advantage to going electric and no matter what your what your preference is because i know there's some people who just just drive you know hondas hondas are my thing just drive a toyota that's all i do hey i am a a gmc person and period the end then there's jeep people jeep people Every company will come out with their own version of electric vehicles, the popular ones anyway. They are. They will. And it'll happen in the next, I mean, you're right. It will happen in the next, if not several months, then the next year for sure. So if you can hold off, if you're looking into electric, why not? Uh, The last thing I want to do is go out and spend, what, 50 grand on average to buy a, a Toyota Camry. And then I find out, oh, well, we're going all electric and it's going to happen in the next eight years. So your car is basically going to be useless in eight years. I don't want to do that. Or find out, you know what? I could have got the electric version and it would have actually been cheaper, but they're not announcing that incentive until the fall. What are they doing with all the gas stations eventually? Oh, good question. I don't know. I mean, they're still going to be there. Don't get me wrong. It's still going to be there for a while. But like, do we need that many if really the world is going to slowly get to electric? What what are we going to put a target there and try that again? (laughs) (laughs) I think we should try target again. (laughs) We should do more drive. You know what? Those are ample, perfect spots for drive throughs We should just start putting drive through everything in all those spots. Once we need them, of course, we need the gas. That's fine. It sucks to pay as much as we're paying for. But eventually when we don't need it as much, drive through you know, Quickie marts and shit like that. Oh, I'd rather drive through like passport office, drive drive through service Ontario. That lineup's going to be like that. You're going to be idling for fucking five hours with that. In your electric vehicle. It won't matter. Yeah, that's true. We're talking zero emissions. It's better now. Uh, What else is on this list? Catalytic converter, like I said, is the most expensive repair. And it's also the most common one when that check engine light comes on. Spark plugs, they say are going to be anywhere between three and four hundred bucks. If it's a mass airflow sensor, around 300 bucks. Oxygen center, sorry, sensor, 200 to 275 bucks. Yeah, all this seems expensive. Mm-hmm. No wonder people avoid getting their car fixed when the check engine light comes on. Yeah. That's road rage inducing. If you're driving and that light comes on, the best thing you can do, and I mean this, grab a, I don't know, a piece of tape. Grab a little piece of cardboard. <laughs> just pretend anything, it's not happening. And you just cover up that light. 
Because your life is going to be a lot better when you stop worrying about that fucking check engine light. If you're lucky enough to have a system that allows you to mute the beeps, do that. Otherwise, though, it's going to be bang, 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 bang every, every two seconds. Nah. You Put find, earplugs in. You find whatever wire is making that noise and you yank it out. <laughs> you you can ignore that light if you want. And it's kind of like COVID, right? I mean, Forget it. it's there. But if you just pretend it's not, your life will be a lot more peaceful. Nope. I'm driving anyway. In fake the- news, car. Fake <laughs> Fucking news! <laughs> Fucking car in the fake Liar. news! <laughs> it's those executives at Toyota screwing us and making all the money. That's what that is. Elon Musk trying to fuck my car up, so I buy a Tesla. Not today, Elon. You uh, have some hot takes on superheroes. Today is National Superhero Day. Oh, superhero! When they ask people, and it was a fairly extensive survey, hundred and thirty thousand people responded. Who is the ultimate superhero? You going to say who you no, say? No, it's going to be the wrong answer. Like, they, they're going to say the wrong answer. But for me, it's Batman. Batman is number two yeah. on the list. Let me guess. Is it Superman? No, it's not actually. <gasps> no? Okay, no. I'm a little bit happier then. What, uh, not, that I, <laughs> not to hate on Superman. I love me some Superman. But what's number one? Spider-Man beat Batman this oh. year. The movie was out. That's People are in a Spider-Man yeah. mood, right? They love the Tom Holland, don't they? Spider-Man is the ultimate superhero, according to this Ranker.com survey. Batman was two, followed by, and I don't understand this one at all. I don't get it. Three was Wolverine. Wolverine. Ahead of Iron mm, Man at number four. It's the Hugh Jackman effect. Okay, and Robert Downey Jr. It does matter who's playing those people or how iconic it is in general, I think. Maybe. I mean, people get accustomed to who they see playing that superhero. And if you like that person, yeah, it's pretty easy to have that connection. So it goes Spider-Man, Batman, Wolverine, then Iron Man, Mm -hmm. then Deadpool. Deadpool (laughs) was number five. And what is that? It's the Ryan Ryan Reynolds Reynolds effect. Beat out Thor at number six. Thor beat out Captain America at number seven. Okay. Then it was the Hulk. Then The Flash, then Wonder Woman. See who's missing from this list? Superman. Yeah. Not in the top 10. That's what I thought. They figure it's so many haters. They voted him down. Oh, wait a minute. Is this like a, this is a job. This is like a, okay, gotcha. This is very calculated. Yeah, I wouldn't put much science behind this survey, but (laughs) this is people who are very, very passionate. Passionate enough to sit down and take a 10-minute survey on superheroes and actually think about who would (laughs) beat each other. It's true. Well, you know, I really like Batman, but I feel like Spider-Man is the all-around best superhero. Uh, You're putting a lot of thought into something. But we all have those conversations. I don't know how how many times I... Even as passionate as I am about the subject, I don't think I would ever do a survey about it. But okay. Black Panther came in 13th. Okay. Punisher was 15th. Black Widow, 17th. And Silver Surfer came in 20th. So... I think a lot of that does have to do with what movies are coming out when, you know, because I bet you if Black Panther, the sequel to Black Panther had come out recently, Black Panther would have been higher on the list. Probably. And if a new Iron Man standalone film had been out, maybe Iron Man would have been higher on the list. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. There's also some people who just can't be swayed. Right. They've always liked Batman since they were a kid and they will never vote for anybody yeah. other than Batman. That's me. Like I'm just standing, I stand my ground on Batman. It's just the only movie that I ever care to see. The, uh, yeah, and memories, right? Yeah. And who is the best Batman? You know what? I'll be honest with you. 
and this is probably going to be shocking because you know how much of a fan I am. I haven't seen the Batman yet. So I really can't solidify my answer. I hear Robert Pattinson's fantastic. And I know, guys, I, I think it's on Crave now, which is great. And I have Crave. I just haven't had the time to watch it. But it's got to be between Michael Keaton and Robert Pattinson, I'm sure. Interesting. Okay. No Ben Affleck, eh? No. I mean, I <laughs> uh, didn't hate it, but no. No Val Kilmer? No. <laughs> no George Clooney either. <laughs> the ones who did Batman but were not some of the better Batmans still to this day get razzed on. I know. I, I mean, they made a lot of fucking money to play that role. I wouldn't shit on them for it. No. If they asked me to be Batman, I'd be the worst Batman ever. Go ahead and hate. I got my 20 million bucks. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, you know who I'm forgetting too is, uh, what's his face? The guy who blew up on set. What's his name? Fuck, what's his name? The guy who blew up yeah. on set. Oh, God for you. Christian Bale. Christian Bale was Batman once. Yeah. And he was actually good. It's just they kept getting progressively better as time went on. <laughs> you know what the thing is with Christian Bale, though? I couldn't get over his voice. You guys know what I mean. It was really deep, like deeper than it's supposed to be. Like, I wanted to cough every time I heard him speak. I was like, <coughs> clear your throat. <laughs> Let's talk technology for a second. This is a great thing. I, I like that we're doing this. We hear about new inventions all the time. Whether you hear about them on the news or you see them online mm -hmm. or on Kickstarter or you just saw them on Shark Tank or Dragon's Den. We are always hearing about new inventions. A lot of them don't go anywhere, though. So they put together a list of some of the newer emerging technologies, and they wanted to know if people think there's a future in it. Okay. 3D printing. Do you think people are optimistic about the future of 3D printing? Will will every home own a 3D printer at some point? Yeah, I think that we're very optimistic about it, yeah. 82% believe that'll happen. We are extremely optimistic about 3D printing. Great. What about virtual reality? VR, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be good, too. Have you ever put on some of those VR headsets? Yeah, my friend has it and brought it over the one day. I thought I was actually, like, falling off cliffs. It was in It's intense. There's places you can go, to that have a whole VR setup to do birthday parties and stuff like that. It's very popular, and I do see it being a thing. The problem is you got to get those helmets smaller and less he heavy. They're so heavy that you have to take it off and you have to take a break. It hurts that bad. They should be able to work like sunglasses. And they will eventually, right? They, so uh, once the technology's there, I think, yeah, it, will, it could be in every household. 70% say the future is in virtual reality, but only 43% think the metaverse will be big someday. Okay, and similar, right? Like similar to VR, a little bit different. When you think VR, you think gaming, right? But when you think of metaverse, you think that's my life. That's me incorporating work and 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 uh, maybe even personal life into the this world. Artificial organ transplants. Oh yeah. If you needed a new kidney, mm -hmm. and they said oh, there's no donors right now, but you know what? If we go into the lab, we can make one in a couple of hours, kind of yeah. like lens crafters. Yeah. <laughs> Two hour wait, or it's free. We're just gonna fit you here on the spot, and yeah, we'll just drop the new one in. Do you think artificial organ transplants are gonna be a thing that are common in the future? That are basically three uh, D printed by tissue, probably. Yeah. Yeah, sixty eight percent are so. optimistic about the future. That is pretty amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah. But again, back to the census that we talked about earlier, when the amount of people over 85 is going to triple, we're going to have some ethical decisions to make. Because if you think about it, we're based on all the home care and health care promises that are being made now with this election on. 
based on the child care that has now just been approved from coast to coast to coast in Canada, we're going to be subsidizing the lives of more people than we're not. It's going to cost a fortune. And when we get all those people that are in 85 plus and then Bobby over here needs a new liver and then we got Susie over there and she needs a new kidney and blah, blah, blah. Are we going to like just create a factory assembly line and just start cranking out new parts for these people and keep them alive to 200? It's going to become an interesting situation for sure, because how who's eligible for what at what point? Is there a list much there much like there is for organ donors currently that we have? Will it be sorry? Kids are always priority. Like for me, that's the first thing I thought of when you mentioned children. For me, it should be kids priority number one. Mm -hmm. So if we're like 3D printing organs only if those children's hospitals don't need to do that and they're good, then we move on to, you know, seniors or, or, or life-threatening. Like, if they don't get it, they need to be on the top of the list. Hey, if they can make the artificial organs, they should make it so that you can do it yourself. I wouldn't mind going to, like, a part source or something and picking up a new... <laughs> Pick up a new knee, just you, drop it wait, in, and I'm good. You want to browse for your knee first? Is that what you want to do? I just want to try it on. You know, <laughs> I don't want to buy this sort of shit online. You got to try and make sure it fits right. It's the clear. It's the Mother's Day clearance sale right now. <laughs> Self-driving cars. Are we all going to be just sitting there with our hands off the wheel in the future? Yeah. I mean, I think it might happen, but that thought scares me. I'm going to say this is like a 50-50. Close. 66% think we'll all be in a self-driving car sooner or later. Yeah. They think it'll be the norm to have a car that just drives. <laughs> Gene editing technology. Mm-hmm. This is where you and your partner, or actually it doesn't even need that, by the way. You can do this gene therapy with um, IFV, for example. But gene therapy in this sense would be, okay, we're going to have a baby, but you've got brown eyes and I've got brown eyes and we want a blue-eyed baby with blonde hair. So select the blonde hair option, give them blue eyes and uh, give them the genetics that they're going to be tall. Yeah. You can basically like custom order your kid with gene editing technology. Yeah, I think that that is going to be a thing and a very popular one. 62% say yes, 38% say no. Again, there's going to be a lot of ethical questions ethical. that we need to answer. Yep, moral. Absolutely. Lab-grown meat. Ugh. This is a hard one for people to envision because you know. can go to any store and get regular meat. Why yeah. would I eat meat from a lab when there's a Sobeys over there with a special on ground beef? This is a, this is a, um, this is, has everything to do with eco-friendly climate, that whole thing, right? Right. You know what? I, I say ugh because I, that's new, right? That's new. But if it if it is if we get accustomed to it slowly, I think it will end up being something that we just do because it is a matter of taste as well. And for some people, that's all it is. So I'm going to say that this is like this ends up being a yes. Narrowly, fifty one percent say ugh. the future is in lab grown meat. Yeah. Is the future also then in lab-grown vegetables? Because we've got a problem in a lot of areas of the world where we rely on the things that grow there and they're not able to grow them right now. Yeah, what's the cost? That's a good question is what's the cost too? If the cost is cheaper than, say, producing that produce uh, in those areas that need it the most, is this a good alternative? Will this help? Crypto. <laughs> Will crypto be around in the long term or is this a short-term fad? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Interesting. It's very evenly split. 50% say it's going to boom. Wow. The other 50% are calling it a fad. Hmm. Only 39% think that NFTs are going to be around in the long term. NFTs, yeah. So I don't like crypto for me, you, you can, it's like trading crypto right now, right? 
But my thing is using crypto. Will crypto be used as a form of payment? I know it is at some places already. So that's a, that's a questionable, that's a question mark for me. But and uh, yeah, and uh, uh, NFTs, some people just don't get it and they're not interested in getting it. They're not interested in understanding it. That's probably the reason that I'm most hesitant about adopting to it now is because I don't believe that it's going to be around in the future. Yeah. And uh, I'm one of yeah. those people that thinks if it's not going to be around, why bother now? Yep. For example, uh, Snapchat. Remember when Snapchat was all the rage and, oh, my God, you got to get on Snapchat. Now Snapchat's really jumped the shark now, hasn't well, it? But that, I'm glad I didn't waste much time on it. <laughs> that said, people do, a lot of people still use it. That's still a very popular app. Very popular. But it's a shadow of what TikTok is, for example. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's definitely, and it's, but, and it's different. And eventually something will trump TikTok and TikTok will be like Snapchat is now. A lot of people will use it, but it, it's not one of the ones people talk about. It happens, right? It happens. I'm trying to figure out how many people are on it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Many millions. That's fine. But yeah, you're right. They always come and go, right? It's number three on the chart for, what is this for? Whatever. Who cares? Normal people going to space. Is that going to be a thing mm-hmm. in the future? So I'm going to guess yes on this one. Surprisingly, people said no. Hmm. 44% think it'll be common someday for normal people to go to space. That's a little ambiguous, though. Normal people going to space. Because I think when people think of that, they think, oh, well, I got to give $20 million to Elon Musk no. or, or Richard Branson. Oh, like no, thank you. Average income households, basically. Yeah, this would be like, well, we got a choice. We can go to Disney World this spring or we can go to the moon. Yeah. Where would you rather go, kids? Hey, and look, for some people, that will be, that's such an exciting thought. Some people hear that and go, yes, I hope it is affordable. I would love to take a family trip up to space. And it's, you, hey, the good thing is you don't have to take many vacations days it takes about 12 minutes 12 minutes of your time you could do it on a weekend mm-hmm. so but you're spending the money on it i think it will be about the cost of doing a family you know vacation at a certain point i really do it wouldn't be for me but yeah or are they talking about normal people going to space in the same way that i can just if i want to i can drive down to niagara falls now will i eventually have the ability to for myself to say you know i'm gonna go up in space today i'll see you guys later i'm gonna just jump on the rocket i no, i hope not that scares me too. Why? Because well, we shouldn't just be allowing people to willy nilly. There's airplanes. Like, I'm, are we not? You're not worried about like collisions. You would have to stay in your your own lane. Lane? What lanes? Well, no. there'd be areas where you can go this and areas just, where you can't. They go. mean non astronauts. Non astronauts. They mean non astronauts. That's what it is. So, why couldn't I just drive my flying Tesla to the moon? <laughs> I'm sure they'll have charging stations up there by then. If anyone's going to do it, Elon will do it. And you'll be able to tweet all your way there. Last thing I want to mention, I think everybody has got some sort of a remedy that's their go-to when they're hungover. Most people have something that they will concoct or take or do when they're hungover to make themselves feel better. So far, nothing that I've heard of is better than when you get the IV drip. From what I'm told, if you can get the IV drip, <laughs> right. you're going to be back to normal in an hour. Which is, like, unless you're in Vegas, not easy to to get. No, you can't just walk into the ER and say, fuck, I tied one on last night. <laughs> My head's pounding. Can I get me one of them? Slap your wrist in front of the reception, the poor receptionist. <laughs> Nurse. Give me. I'm give dying me over here. Them. Let's <laughs> go. <Nurse. laughs> yeah, no. I got a code hung over here. <laughs> Good puke. That's what they should do with the gas stations. Those should be the drive through <laughs> IV stations once everything goes electric. Drive through. Hey, I'm still drunk. Let me drive through and get. 
but the cars are self-driving. It's just, this is great. It's do, all coming together. Do you think a mobile one will eventually come here? Because that is a thing in Vegas, for those that don't know. I shouldn't just say Vegas. I believe there's a couple of places. Maybe even Nashville has one. I don't know. It, it, but they do have mobile. You call, you pay money for it, of course. But you pay like, let's say, $100, $100 a pop. If you got a group of like a bachelor bachelorette party, for example, and you're all hung to shit, but you have plans that day or a show to get to, you call them up and they come. Or a morning show to do. Or a morning, yeah. <laughs> any number of things. Oh God, Christ, I'm on the air in 20 <laughs> minutes. I can't even see straight. <laughs> I've been there. You've uh, been, back in you, the day. You've been there and I've been there and we uh, won't even lie. I will uh, <laughs> I will say that if I were a nurse and I'm, I'm in nursing school right now and I'm looking at the way that nurses got fucked around for the last couple of years in Ontario and how they continue to get fucked around to this day and their cap on wage increases and all that shit, I would go into business for myself. Start, yeah, so I would practice. I would definitely do that. That's a great idea. We're going to get you a weird van that's full of needles, <laughs> and you're going to go to strangers who drink too much, and you're going to stick them, and they'll feel better soon. And you you charge. Oh, you charge up the ass. You charge those people. That's a premium service. Right? You would have to charge extra I think for it's that. Great. I was just thinking back to, <laughs> to a couple of times when I was hungover, including one when I came in uh, directly from from the party at uh, Canadian, it was Canadian Music Week. And then I went and I actually did the show. But you, I think you took a picture of me at one point leaning over the desk, ah. leaning over the desk <laughs> with my head in my hands. Like, is this over yet? Let's go. <laughs> is it nine, is it nine o'clock? Watching the look on your face Help as me. the sun came up was amazing. <laughs> your squint just got increasingly more squinty think, by the minute. And I think you did. You took a picture and I was like, what are you doing? You're like, you'll laugh. You'll laugh later. I thought it was funny that you were in a cocktail dress and pink flip flops. I don't even know where your shoes Those ended up. Those weren't even mine. Oh. Well. <laughs> in any case, the reason we're talking about yeah. hangovers is because everybody does have a remedy. For example, my dad. You cannot convince him otherwise that the only cure for a hangover is a Caesar and an Egg McMuffin. He firmly believes that if you eat an Egg McMuffin and drink a Caesar, yeah. you will be fine. Yeah. Hair of the, I mean, hair of the dog in general, and Caesar's a very popular one. I don't know why that happened, but okay. okay. Um, uh, I think it was, our, it was our reminder that we have a meeting coming up. Ooh. So uh, it, the hair of the dog thing, I know a lot of people to do it. Can I say I can't? I've tried. To do the hair of the dog, specifically with the Caesar and with other concoctions. Uh-uh. Doesn't work for you, no, does it? No, but, but like your dad, there are some people that absolutely swear by it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just like, do I need to keep the, like, there is, keep it going a little bit. No, I don't think it works like that for me. They say alcohol is obviously going to lead to a hangover. And a lot of people will feel lightheaded and woozy the morning after drinking. They'll still feel that way. That's because the liver releases glucose into the bloodstream. But when the liver is busy processing alcohol, this doesn't happen, which leads to lower blood sugar levels. While drinking plenty of water can rehydrate you, they say you should actually be taking a banana first to raise your depleted sugar levels. The reason being is that it has a low glycemic index. This means the sugar it contains is released Slowly. They said, you can go ahead and eat a cookie if you want. That'll spike your blood sugar really quick. But the body would release the flow of insulin to quickly reduce your blood sugar. That sudden fall in the blood sugar would leave you feeling just as bad as the hangover did. Wow. So they say the best thing for you is definitely stay hydrated and eat a banana. 
They say a banana is also gentle on the stomach, which is likely irritated because of the alcohol. I'm just trying to think of that. You know that feeling. You know that feeling when you're hungover and you're just like really just trying to figure out how you can possibly get better. You're just trying to figure out how to survive. How to survive. Because you think you might die. And then, <laughs> and then someone sticks a banana in your face like, here. Eat this. Eat that. Like I would be, I, I want to see that. How many sad hungover people just like gnawing away on a nana. No, like, no, no. like just defeated as shit. When you're... Pounding back a banana with your hair all messed up and you stink of booze. <laughs> your makeup smudged. The, you, you can't even really see right. You're heaving you maybe every now and again. <laughs> you hate your life and everyone in it. All that shit. <laughs> when that happens, the thought of eating a banana might seem it's, gross. It's just so, think about it. It's just such a like, oh, like a, like visualize it, guys. You're just sitting there and. Like gnawing on it, the peel just drooping. Like one of those sad apes at the yeah. zoo. <laughs> <laughs> the ape that just wants out of the cage. Yes, it's like, this is my life. This fucking sucks. I don't want to be there here. I don't want to do this. Maybe that's what we should do with hungover people is send them to the zoo enclosure. <laughs> we're we're going to give you a banana. I would love that. We could watch them. You go sit in the cage for a while while people pay money to come and look at you, you sad sack of shit. <laughs> I'll teach you to drink one too many next time. Who wouldn't go to the zoo to see the hungover people? I would, see the hungover, I would buy tickets to the hungover zoo. Absolutely. Because people start getting angry the way the animals do nah. eventually. Ah, like pounding on their chest. Fucking let me out. <laughs> Freedom. Taking a piss on you. Come closer. Come on. Yeah. Fuck you. Jerk off in your face. <laughs> hey, money, you see me, eh? got to go. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have yourselves a fantastic day. Remember to uh, hit subscribe and tell a friend if you haven't already. <laughs> Jerk off in their face. Where did that come from? It's so lucky. That's what I heard. If Elon Musk backs out of the Twitter deal, he'll have to pay a $1 billion termination fee. Yeah. A billion dollar termination fee. It's pretty much the same deal as leaving Planet Fitness. After it was announced that Elon Musk purchased Twitter this week, Tesla stock fell by 11%. Well, he wouldn't be the first person to get distracted from his job by Twitter. At a CinemaCon in Las Vegas, 13 years after the original Avatar hit theaters, viewers were treated to a first look at James Cameron's sequel, Avatar, The Way of Water. Yeah, 13 years. That's a long time. Now the characters are so old, uh, they have the way of water three times a night. Um... Singer Harry Styles will be on the June cover of the magazine Better Homes and Gardens. And this is cool. Martha Stewart is on Tiger Beat. The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.